Hi, I'm Nicole Satimi, a manual osteopath and massage therapist here on the One Body Wellness Podcast, where I throw condensed doses of health info at you. As well, I share the mic with humans experiencing their own health concerns and trauma and the impact it has on the human spirit to show us just how resilient we truly are, reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the fourth episode of the One Body Wellness Podcast. My name is Nicole Satimi, and this episode is about the brain and the body. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and awareness around mental health and wellness has never been more important. Although I don't have any training in treating psychological disorders, I do see physical manifestations of mental illness and I'm using this episode to talk about my clinical experience of the effects that brain illness has on our physical bodies and a really fascinating experience I had with a client um, who I have consent from to share her story. So what is a brain illness? Simply put, it's a dysfunction in the natural function of the brain. Brain illnesses include, but aren't limited to, depression, anxiety, psychotic disorders, ADD, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Um, So I want to clarify that I normally use the term brain illness in my clinic. Sometimes the term mental illness feels like our brain illness is conscious and a choice, and it most certainly is not. Everyone knows someone who has experienced a brain illness or has required some form of brain healing. From depression and anxiety to borderline personality disorder, PTSD, bipolar disorder, ADHD, or obsessiveness, being aware of the symptoms of specific brain illnesses is very important. But what is even more important is proper imaging of the brain to receive proper diagnostics and therefore a more specified and effective treatment plan. Dr. Daniel Amen, a clinical neuroscientist and a psychiatrist in the US, has been studying brain SPECT imaging for years. Through his imaging and very direct treatment plans, Dr. Amen has been able to completely change the lives of people who have been struggling with their brain illnesses for the majority of their lives. He recently did imaging for Justin Bieber when Justin Bieber got his Lyme disease diagnosis. From a manual osteopathic perspective, it's important that we understand the brain illness our client is experiencing, but we don't treat their psychological concerns. We treat their somatic dysfunction. This means... Through very specific palpation, we apply techniques to the brain and the spinal cord that help nourish and ensure the flow of cerebral spinal fluid. We also treat the physical manifestations of brain illness. So if you have any of the following brain illnesses, you may or may not resonate with some of the symptoms that I'm going to mention. And how does brain illness manifest physically, you might ask? Well, I will start with depression because it is a very common brain health issue in Canada. In depression, we notice an increase in sensitivity in the musculature. Um, Someone who has depression feels complete exhaustion and fatigue very often from lack of good sleep cycles. So muscles and tissue become highly sensitive and tend to take longer to heal after treatment. 
A headache and jaw pain are common, as well as neck and shoulder tension from clinching, being in fight or flight state quite often. Um, Someone who has depression might actually come in looking for deep pressure and deep tissue treatments. In reality, it is uncomfortable and not recommended to treat a client with depression with um, a deep tissue treatment. In patients with post-traumatic stress disorder, the brain has reset itself to a more active state. In post-traumatic stress disorder, I often see jaw pain, ringing in the ears, extreme tension in the upper back and shoulders, heightened awareness in certain areas of their body depending on their trauma, which is something we have to be trauma-informed for, cold hands or feet as our circulatory system is trying to keep larger muscles in our body warm under stress and an increased in awareness for any sounds or lights in the treatment room, meaning that normally I keep very dim light and sounds, keep curtains closed, might not play music, and I try to manage my breathing so that I'm not breathing too heavy or too rhythmic to offset a response in my client. In complex psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, which affects one to two percent of our population we're seeing it more often in children um, these days and i'm following research as to why that is where a person um, so psychotic disorders are where someone might have a hard time distinguishing reality from fantasy often there is a reduction in the prefrontal cortex so activity in the prefrontal cortex um, can be determined through proper imaging and likely really important to find the specific location of brain damage and the extent of brain damage when it comes to schizophrenia because different medications can affect a client differently. So clinically, I have seen that there is very often traveling pain, rounding in the upper back and shoulders, rigidity um, in the muscles of the legs and arms and the pectoralis muscles and tension in the temporal and frontal muscles of the skull, so the forehead and the temples. Um, Cranial techniques are what a manual osteopath would use to improve blood flow to the brain and can definitely impact certain centers of the brain, improving the overall condition of a patient's brain illness. So cranial osteopathy, um, we... We study cranial osteopathy in manual osteopathy, osteopathic college, and normally um, you might have heard something called cranial sacral techniques. Cranial osteopathy is quite an advanced form of working with the brain and the spinal cord and the natural fluctuations of the, the, the fluids that surround our tissues in the brain and the spinal cord. For example, um, certain techniques used can be actually very helpful to calm the limbic system, improving mood and reducing client's pain experience. There is a cranial technique that manual osteopaths can use called the CV4 technique. It targets the back of your skull and it treats the four cranial ventricles. And sometimes sometimes this is the only technique a manual osteopath might use on you for a full hour. And it directly helps to stimulate the flow of fluid in very important areas of your skull and brain, impacting and hopefully um, helping the brain tissue heal. You might have heard the term psychosomatic before. 
Psychosomatic illness means that the distress that you're feeling mentally eventually shows up in your body physically. This is something that a healthcare provider, it's really important that we study and become aware of what psychosomatic illness is. Common signs of psychosomatic illness and distress are fatigue, nausea, fever, constipation or bloating, high blood pressure, and changes in menstruation and back pain. These symptoms are not all in the head. These are real physical symptoms that should be taken seriously. Anyone thinking they might be struggling with psychosomatic distress should consider talking to a therapist informed in the areas of managing stress, as working through the emotional and mental stress causes psychosomatic symptoms um, will be key to managing this disorder. So talking to a psychotherapist or someone who practices EMDR or havening psychosensory therapy so that you don't have to talk necessarily in therapy about what's bothering you. Um, but direct impact on the brain itself. Obviously, talking to your medical professional uh, is a very good idea as well, but there are options out there um, other than having to talk to a medical doctor directly if you feel like you would resonate more with an alternative healthcare provider. Um, I want to talk briefly, actually, about a really interesting clinical experience that I have. I have consent, again, to share this story. For many years, I was treating a middle-aged woman with disassociative identity disorder, or formerly known as multiple personality disorder. This is a very complex brain illness and normally a result of severe life-threatening trauma and or, or abuse before the age of six. My client is under the care of multiple professionals and would often complain of varying degrees of discomfort in her body with her per different personality states. Once her fourth personality became present and quite dominant, she was referred to me for pain management. I believe at the time I was treating her, she had six separate identities and would switch between these personalities within weeks or days of each other, basically depending on her current life circumstances, her stress levels, sleep. One very dominant personality would call to book an appointment with me complaining of extreme back pain, extreme neck pain, and tingling in her toes. Every time she called, she had these very detailed and similar symptoms. So it was always extreme back pain, neck pain, and tingling in her toes. She would barely be able to make it up the stairs without some assistance to my clinic and afterward make a follow-up appointment for herself in this state. She was on medication for her back pain prescribed by her doctor, um, a second personality was very active and always complained about delayed onset muscle soreness due to her high activity levels. This personality was a runner and loved high intensity interval training. Um, always liked talking about her physical attributes and set a very intense exercise schedule for herself that she followed in this personality trait and always wore athletic clothing to her treatment or whenever she was um, in this personality uh, trait. The third was always exhausted, full body exhaustion, and was being treated for depression from her doctor. So she was on different medications for every personality that had to be monitored by her son and husband, basically. Um, I never experienced her other personalities, just the three women who varied in ages. 
There is no cure for dissociative identity disorder, but therapies like psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, and art therapy, I believe, have been known to help manage symptoms. Someone with dissociative identity disorder tends to have uh, suicidal thoughts and ideations, as well as addictive personality traits. Very uh, fascinating story that I'm uh, glad that I was able to share with you to just show you how um, very powerful our brain is. As a close to this podcast and in honor of Mental Health Awareness Week in Canada, I hope that you are taking care of yourself today, whatever that means for you. Very simply, our feelings and thoughts affect our physical bodies. Every time we feel anger, resentment, sadness, joy, love, excitement, our cells react with us. This is not to say that we can joyfully wish away our illness, but the connection between our consciousness and our physical bodies is deeper than we can even comprehend, and why we can see physical symptoms from a brain illness. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, and stay tuned on my Instagram account at one.body.wellness for a mental wellness, a brain illness giveaway this week. Thank you for tuning in to the One Body Wellness Podcast. If you have a specific health concern you'd like me to address or you want to be a guest on my show, email me at nicole at onebodywellness.ca. Once again, I'm reminding you to inhale, exhale, and find peace in your one body wherever you are.